Uh, I like I like Serengeti. That's my favorite rapper. Um, MF Doom, I'm a huge fan of. Edon, I'm a huge fan of. I like Das Racist a lot. I, this Kendrick Lamar record is blowing my mind. Um, Bus Driver, I'm a huge fan of. MC Paul Barman is one of my favorite rappers ever of all time. Um, and then, yeah, and then, you know, like anything that, that, that De La Soul or Q-Tip does, I'm there. And uh, I think that's a good round list. Yeah, you can have it all, you can get the girl And if you're short, be the tallest midget in the world It's your orchard, no self-torture Hold head high like the guy on the New Yorker Though that guy reminds me of slavery I'll let that inspire me to bravery Click Twitter, read J Smooth and be the boy YouTube for reruns to Freakazoid Try not to laugh or even talk A lot of people try to get shit done at the coffee shop Good script, man, grab that Oscar Don't settle for shrimp pants Have that lobster, but sit Straight or you'll have bad posture and turn into a hunchback and damn that's awkward More rap advice, I'll open the coffers You never have to ask, I'll just offer Hey motherfuckers, it's Baron Vaughn and welcome to Deep Shit Um, today's guest is Open Mike Eagle Or Mike Eagle, as he is also known Who is a hip-hop artist, a rapper, an MC, a lyricist, a songifier and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, he wanted me to add one name to the list that you just heard. That was a list of uh, rappers that Mike Eagle uh, very much enjoys right now and forever. Uh, one person he wanted me to add was uh, Danny Brown. Uh, Danny Brown, a little bit of a, a mad genius, a mad hatter of rapperism uh, right now. And uh, Mike wanted me to uh, be sure to add that name to uh his list and it's also a person I listen to and is fan fucking tastic. Uh so today, if you haven't guessed, we're gonna talk about rap music. Now, Mike is a guy I met through Eliza Skinner, who um if you don't know, Eliza has a show in Los Angeles. Uh there's also a New York version of the show called The Beatdown. And it is comedians doing a rap battle. It's a fascinating show and very strange in a lot of ways as well because it's uh, done at the UCB. Uh, I think that the show that I met Mike Eagle on was actually at the Meltdown Meltdown Comics, the Nerdist Theater here in Los Angeles. And uh, Mike is an actual rapper, and he's actually a fantastic uh, freestyler as well. Uh, and um, he gave me his album at the time, which was Rappers Will Die of Natural Causes. I'll probably play a little of that as well in this podcast. Oh, I'm going to play that, and I'm going to play some of... Uh, some tracks off of his new album, Animal Hospital. Not too much. I just want to tease y'all motherfuckers so you can uh, go uh, get it on your own dime. Um, so I met him at the show, and uh, he gave me his album, and I listened to it, and I thought it was fucking incredible. And I started looking up other people that he collaborates uh, with. Uh, and then there's also some uh, people he's collaborated with that I actually had already listened to before I even listened to him. So uh, that was cool for me. Yeah. Now, you guys are probably uh, surprised that I'm a fan of hip-hop, that I'm a fan of rap music. I like all sorts of music, even country. Isn't that the thing that people do all the time? It's like, oh, I listen to everything except country. Like, country's just the worst fucking thing in the world, which it is not. There's a lot of great country music out there. Now, I uh, think that country, like every other genre of music, is overrun by the most mainstream 
most poppy versions of that music. And there are some people who are country stars that uh, had that crossover kind of thing. Like they're, they're, they're pop stars as well, and, uh, but they're also country stars, and their, sh- their songs sound a little bit more poppy than they do country. But of course, country, rap, electronica, they all have their, their tropes that they kind of go to back and forward that become the signifiers of that genre of music. And I guess when people say they don't like country, they're saying they don't respond to the tricks uh, that country has, but they respond to the tricks of a different movie, uh, a different kind of music, whether that be pop or R&B or hip hop. But I enjoy it all. And rap is a music that is very close to my heart, obviously, because I'm fucking black. OK, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm fucking black. I'm black, y'all. Yeah, I'm blacker than black because I'm black, y'all. Little CB4 for y'all motherfuckers. And um, basically, it's something that I... And and after this podcast, Mike and I took a walk and we talked about who we believe our audiences are. And I said that what my audience is, what I believe my audience is, the people that respond to me when I'm out doing shows, the, the, the niche audience that I'm trying to find, my audience... Uh, it's people who don't normally go to comedy. I have found black people who don't normally go to comedy because they themselves are fed up with what they see as a glorified minstrel show. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that all black comedy is that. Uh, it's not. And even people who work within that Chitlin Circuit Ober, 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 Ober Room, the, the Ober Rooms. The Chitlin Circuit, uh, Urban Rooms. Uh, there are comedians that I love and respect that I think are brilliant, original voices in comedy and black comedy, but in comedy in general, that work in those rooms. And they luckily have a thing that they can make, hap- make work in, in all sorts of places. I don't, right? I don't really feel like when I'm in a black room and they expect a very specific kind of comedy – uh, they don't really go for what I'm doing. Now, there are some dudes that do things that are similar to what I do uh, that can work those rooms and they do respond to, but I have never figured that out. So, of course, I always leave feeling not only rejected by an audience, but rejected by my family. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like it's just a bunch of my grandma frowning at me and giving me thumbs down and booing me off the stage. So, a lot of the times, there are black people who they themselves have become fed up with what they see to be a very narrow sort of thing, the tropes that that kind of comedy uh, concentrates on. But when they are at a show and they see me and they go, oh, my God, you're totally different than what I was expecting. You're doing something very different uh, that I didn't even know could be done. And I'm not the only one who's doing it. There are plenty of comedians that are out there um, that are uh, trying to just do I'm not saying that I'm trying to like uh, I'm going to break every fucking uh you know uh, expectation of black comedy I'm just doing what it is that I do and I do what it is that I like to do and I talk about what I like to talk about in the way that I like to talk about it and but it doesn't fit into a specific paradigm so these guys uh, and gals all uh, have responded to what I do, but these are people who are always like, I don't normally go to comedy because it always seems to be this, this, and this. I didn't know it could be this other thing. And um, those are the people that I usually respond to me, you know, the people who don't uh, go to comedy. And uh, Mike said something uh, kind of similar-ish because, you know, he uh, he he says, and he, he'll say it in, in the podcast as well, that he tends to appeal 
to uh, people who are sometimes fed up with what the mainstream hip hop. And that's me. I am not a person. And I and you know what? I love a lot of mainstream hip hop. I have a guilty uh, place in my heart for especially like 90s shit. Like I will I, I still to this day will blast N.W.A. and Bone Thugs and Harmony in my apartment to myself and fucking sing along. And only the song Crossroads do I actually know what the hell they're singing. Everything else, I'm just doing a horrible bone impression. Which just a lot of times sounds like rhythmic gibberish, which, you know what? I love I love some rhythmic gibberish at times. But I also was like, well, what else is there besides this one thing that I keep seeing over and over and again, you know, this mainstream thing? And that's how I discovered a lot of uh, rappers that I really enjoy. And uh, Mike Eagle is one of these guys. So uh, he said he would sit down with me and uh, have uh, a nice little talk about his his art that he is wrapped up in trying to figure out where he fits in it like I am in comedy. Uh, Another few, another few. Here's a few other corrections that I wanted to make. I mentioned uh, uh, a rapper uh, who is a friend and listens to this podcast uh, named Adam Warrock. I incorrectly referred to him as Eugene Warrock, and that's because his Twitter handle is Huge Warrock, like E-U-G-E Warrock, uh, because that's a, a little bit of a take on his his hip-hop moniker, and his real name. So I called him Eugene Warrock, but he goes by Adam Warrock, but also he has a couple other uh, monikers. And then also we talk about Das Racist. Um, I say Das Racist, he says Das Racist. Some people say both. Uh, I don't know that there is an agreed-upon way to say that name. Uh, But we also talk about one of the MCs called Cool AD, Victor Vasquez, and uh, I believe that Mike may have referred to him as Mexican, and uh, I have looked it up to, uh, I don't know why I'm becoming a Kennedy, or, uh, I looked it up, and uh, Cool AD is not Mexican. He is of Afro-Cuban descent with an Italian mix. Now, that's according to Wikipedia. Who knows if that's fucking true or not, so Victor... If you uh, listen to this or if it gets back to you, I apologize for misrepresenting you racially. Okay. This was literally the longest introduction I've ever had. So, here's Mike. They used to act all active and lawless. They used to live like bachelors balling. And all actresses hit menopause. And rappers will die of natural causes. They're gonna get hip fractures from falling. They're gonna need Viagra and bypasses. They're gonna wait for their grandkids to call them. And rappers will die of natural causes. Okay. I gotta start listening to podcasts with Adam Carolla. You gotta listen to them with him or podcasts that he's in? That he's well, you know that he's in. I mean, I followed him into into listening to podcasts. Okay, uh, you're so, a Corolla fan. Well, he's become a now, contra- now, controversial. Now it's uh, interesting because I used to. Do you remember when they had that FM talk radio show, La Station, out here? It was nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other. I used to listen to that every day, twenty four hours a day. I loved okay. every show on there. His all the way, except for Tom Likas, who I would like to destroy. Okay. Um, <laughs> but when that um station got whatever happened to it i think it got sold or they changed the format or something mm-hmm. he started podcasting i didn't really know what it was at that point but he started that was what five 
about four God, years four, ago. Four or five years ago. Four, maybe five. It may be five. Yeah. Man. But it's been it's been a while. And um and through and listening to him, I think I got into like never not funny. Yeah. Jimmy um, Pardo. I got Excellent. into um Something else I got into too, but then well, WTF? You mentioned that as well. Yeah, WTF was was like Paul Gilmartin. A big, yeah, the big departure. I mean, a big, big point uh, for me was starting to listen to WTF, and I got into a lot of stuff that way. Um, and so, and, and and right now where I'm at is I I listen to Ron and Fez mm. on XM mm. constantly. I subscribe through it through Audible. I don't even listen. I don't even subscribe to XM. I just subscribe to them. Okay, through Audible. I listen to that every day, all the time. How long is that show? They do three and a half hours yeah. every day. Yeah, they're a real radio show. Yeah, but they talk big shit like a podcast. You know, just the way that their personalities are set up. Hmm. It's just, it's just a faucet. They just turn it on. I know it's one of those. They've been around for a while, yeah, and like, like it's like like Opie and Anthony. Yeah, like Opie and Stern, yep. and like they're the, the not nice Bob and Tom. They're they're part of all of that exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're part of all of that. It's it's an interesting world, the radio thing, because yeah. podcasting can be, in a sense, it can be more because radio is still a job, right? It's still that you are getting paid to do that, right? right, right and then right. you have to adhere to certain uh, limitations exactly. because of the people who are signing your checks mm-hmm, and whoever's related to them. Whereas what I'm doing is just a fucking free for all, and that, you know, and that's that's the, the interesting thing about XM though is that the only thing that they got to do is keep doing it. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. Don't yeah. have any restrictions either. Like people, they have people to call in and and yeah, and, and say the bash, craziest shit, bash them, or even talk. You know, like yeah, bigging up other shows, and they're like, we don't give a fuck. There's no ratings. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like do what you want. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, that's, that's interesting for that too. So serious really, XM. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting place where their where their thing has gotten with the talk stuff because it's it's kind of like getting it's right kind of where podcasting is. Like they kind of hate podcasting, and you can see why probably. Well, look, they've been doing their thing for. X it's a years. it's a because it's like they're they're seeing it as this is something this is their trade mm-hmm. it is sort of yeah, a way so it's like almost it's like you know there's comedians have a thing about radio personalities doing stand-up right where it's just kind of like no 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 you do radio right. i'll do stand-up right. suddenly all these stand-ups are doing podcasts right. which is in a sense radio exactly so i can see why they're like hey 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 this is what i've been doing so everybody's all territorial but a lot of radio shows are awful. Yeah. There's not absolutely. a lot of and and a lot of it is just about filling airtime. Of course. There can't be dead space. We could take a pause. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody's this. Nobody's upset. No one's upset. <laughs> that was barely two seconds. Right. If this was a radio station, the phones would be lighting up and it would be you the president I, of the I station. Would, I would I would suggest though, just uh in absence of everything business wise, mm-hmm. you should listen to Ron and Fez though. You should you should give it a listen. <laughs> <laughs> interesting because part of their character dynamic is one of the dudes fez has like real mental problems like re- and they've gotten they're like degenerative so over time it just gets worse and worse and there's a lot of natural pauses in conversation because he just has a hard time talking now hmm. but nobody really bitches at him well like the other guy will bitch at him about it but like they he's still deteriorating let him mentally yeah yeah how he's, old is he he's in his 50s it's in his 50s. Oh, yeah. interesting. It's, 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 have you ever? Uh, I have a close friend that who uh, her father had. I've had a couple of different friends who have family members that have like dementia mm-hmm. or, you know, and they get to watch a loved one go insane, right, right. forget who they are, right. become incapable of taking care of themselves, mm-hmm. and then die. Mm-hmm. And that entire time, 
you're just waiting for them to die. Right. It's the longest goodbye yeah. ever. Yeah, it's painful. I had this, I wouldn't say, when my grandmother passed away, who is probably the closest person to me that mm-hmm. has passed away in, in recent memory, you know, I knew my great-grandparents, but right. they died like a long time ago. Um, my grandmother passed away in like 2006. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this is a woman like I lived with, right? You know what I mean. We shared a room. I hey, I, I, I come from that same kind of. Family. I slept on the floor yeah. until we got a bunk bed. Uh, then it was fancy time. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone never came over, so she was very close to me, very influential on who I am mm-hmm. as a person. And then when she passed away, it was really out of nowhere. It was really sudden. Uh, she basically had a heart attack. Uh, lived by herself. And there was nobody there because she would come over to my uh, my my parents' house mm-hmm. and uh, hang out with my little sisters, take care of them, et cetera, et cetera. One day she didn't show up, which is lateness was not her thing right. at all. So, so for her to be that. late was already uncharacteristic right. unless she was doing something like really cool or like winning because right. I grew up in Vegas. So maybe okay. she was at a casino <laughs> and she was winning <laughs> or she was buying presents or getting right. ice cream or wanted to like, hey, I bought some ice cream. We're going to make root beer floats. Right. Something cool, then she'd be late. Right. But if she was late... And there was no explanation. And there was no explanation, and there was no phone call, there was no anything. So my sisters uh, called my mom at work and said, right. uh, JJ, I, was, what I called her, we uh-huh. all called her JJ. She did not like grandma. Right. She apparently told me grandmother or <laughs> JJ when I was like five. I don't even remember this, but apparently I chose the one with the least syllables. I, I was like, too many things to say, JJ. It's a wise decision. Very wise. So... They called my mom. They went over there, and you know they found her dead. Mm. But, and I think I've talked about this. On the, I have talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, but because it was sudden and out of nowhere, mm-hmm. I didn't have any chance to really process it. Right. It was just she's gone, huh. and I feel like that w- was the best way it could have happened. Do you, you think that? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's any, better than like the, the anything watching someone you love die for five right. years, right. especially as protracted as it can be with dementia. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous in there. You're having to teach them who they are every day. You know, remind them of who you they are. They kind of recognize you. Yeah, like that's oh. the worst. I don't. Have you had that happen to no, you? No, I haven't. I mean, I have <laughs> a. I have a. I had an older cousin. It's a really complicated family thing. Um, but she she had dementia and she passed away in the last couple of years. And she, I wasn't directly involved with her care and I didn't spend a lot of time with her even in life she always lived in Seattle which is where a part of my family was mm-hmm. and so uh I would you know occasionally go visit as a as, as a youngster and just and I would always as even as a grown man get weird presents from her at Christmas and stuff and so you know always knew she was around but just always hearing and seeing you know um seeing evidence that her state was just constantly deteriorating and mm. eventually uh, like it's just a couple of years ago, she just passed away. And, but it was the same type of thing. Yeah, especially for the people who were directly involved. Directly the there, like every yeah, day. It was, it was bad. Big, huge house that only she lived in. Oh. And, you know, had to have people to come in there and check on her. She only remembered this and that, and things would change. This she conversation makes so much sense because she a... put stuff in the oven, you know, that didn't belong oh, there. Like, yeah. really, you know. Getting getting into that way out kind of dimension. See, I, I I'm interested in a sort of a way of it seems to me that like you know psychology supposedly teaches us the older we become, the more black and white our thinking becomes. Okay. The less gray. Okay. We see that's why like old person could be like, why would someone do that? And that's like a compelling argument. Right. Just like right. that question. There's they, no answer. That's become, not a statement. They become rigid. They become yeah. very rigid in their mm-hmm. ways. Things are this or they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
But it seems to me artists tend to have that gray. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, look at someone like uh, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, he still has his faculties. I have no idea how old he is. 80? (laughs) Something? But he's showing that rigidity for sure. You know, you see, you see the way he talks about young people. You wouldn't think that he was in that's some true. Of the movies he was in that's trueish. Yeah, Ghost Dad, directed by Sidney Poitier. <laughs> but I even mean before that. I mean, what was no, he I know. In? Like, um, he wasn't Uptown Saturday Night, was he? Was that him? Was that the one I'm thinking of? Some real. Suddenly, I am forgetting. I mean, you know, a couple of leaders. This is what smartphones and stuff are for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some no, leaders, I know, but you're you know. talking about that 70s thing. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was all in it. Cosby, was know? he was all up in that he stuff. He was all in it. But, you know, it was a different, it was a different time. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I watched himself recently, the whole beginning is about people getting high. Mm-hmm. It's just like his whole, the whole beginning is about people having the weekend, right. that they need the work week right. to save them from their weekends. Wow. Because they, because they are so, you know, down under in the work week they're like i can't wait until the weekend then they go crazy overcompensate and then on sunday night they're like i can't do this anymore (laughs) i need to go back to work (laughs) which is basically but it's like oh and i was just like because he's talking about drugs (laughs) and i was just like that's not the because he's talking about drugs but that's bill cosby at afro he was a dude so yeah you're right there is this rigidity but my but that does point to i guess i'm interested in the thing, the foreshadowing, uh-huh. because it's like people get to a certain age, suddenly they, they become rigid and they concentrate in certain things. Right. But the 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 seeds of those things have been planted their entire life. So I'm always interested in what is it I'm going to be needlessly obsessed with and preoccupied wow. with. It could be so many when I'm an old now. person. You have yeah. so many choices now of things that you can be. So many with things. The rest of your life. So many things. Oh my God. If I have dementia, like, what are the weird random references? Because I understand what I mean. Right. And everyone's going to be like, I don't get that. It's because I'm making 40-year-old you references. You obsessed with podcasting technology. Podcast. I'm, you know what? <laughs> I might wake up. I might wake up and think I'm podcasting all the time. Exactly. I might exactly. be just like, uh, so tell me about your mother. <laughs> <laughs> just as an 80-year-old. Hold on. Let me check now. the levels. They don't know what I'm talking about. He's like, he's talking about the levels. We're, <laughs> we're in the plains. This is Kansas. Why is he? There's no mountains. Um, so anyway, you have been on the road a little bit, yeah. Doing doing the touring thing, yeah, 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 yeah. I did a lot of rap touring this summer and fall. Rap touring, rap touring, very man. different than oh, other things. Oh my god, it's different than most things. It is, it is, it is not. It is like you know, I I, I specify, man, because sometimes when you tell people you're touring, they think that you're uh, you're in a tour bus or, or you're they getting, you're getting... are they romanticize it as a comedian. Yeah. We are alone. Do you mm-hmm. you basically tour alone, don't you? Not necessarily. Do you have uh, people with you? Who do you have with I have you? Well, you kind of go with other acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, that's, that's, that's the difference. I notice that when comedians tour, you know, you guys as headliners typically just... It's just us. It's you on a plane. It takes you know? a while right. before course. they let us choose who's with us. Right. So who's... Because I know I noticed, okay, there's headliners and there's middle, middlers. Features. Features, okay. Feature, middler. Sometimes it's the middle, the feature. And that's rarely a package unless it's a really huge venue. Exactly. Unless it's a huge comic. Right. Unless it's a huge comic. If if the comic is a person that has shown Uh they can sell tickets, that they have a established draw. draw, draw, the D word. That draw, then (laughs) then the club will defer to them. Okay. You know? And if not, then the club is picking the features out of the local market? Yeah. And you know what? I had an interesting conversation with my uh, booking agent about this recently. And it was. Yeah, yeah. That's so so nice. I bet it is. Uh, (laughs) Because I only know a couple. I know you. Do you know Eugene uh, Warrock? At all, I know that name, but yeah. I'm not familiar with his he, work. He he 
is considered nerdcore. Right. I don't know that he would classify himself as that. That's a tough road, man. Uh, because he's just always done what he's done, uh-huh. but it, it kind of corresponded with like the kind of nerdcore happening. Yeah. And he was like, well, I guess I'm nerdcore, uh. Uh, which is kind of how I feel about alt. Okay. You know, like okay. alt, alt comedy. Yeah. That's like, I've never really considered myself an alt comic or a club comic. I just consider myself, the, I do what I do, but it fits more into the alt paradigm. Well, you know the huge difference there, though? What's that? Your alt fans will occasionally let you do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdcore fans will not. <laughs> I bet. I mean, dude, yeah. Nerds are, people are always like, oh, what, what do nerds, I think that nerds are more defined by what they hate. Yeah, the more what they love you know, they, they seem, love things but th- that love is based on a hatred of something right? else and they seem to identify even in themselves more with with the things that they don't want to hear or or hmm. the things they don't want to hear yeah things that they go ahead talk it out i can see you try, <laughs> i can see the <laughs> wheel spinning you know what okay <laughs> I, I i went back to this uh i, w- I just did a tour with a nerd core he probably he would not like to be called nerd core either what was his name uh random he also goes by mega ran Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he's a really good friend of mine, an excellent rapper. Like as a foundation rapper, like he's an incredible artist. But he's done this Mega Man thing, which is um, rap like Mega songs Mega in, Man in, in the Mega right in the Mega Man theme. Uh, he's done that his whole career, and um, he has most of his fans from there. Mm. And so this is a very um, it's a very nerdcore following. I did right. a, on our tour, we did uh, a. Uh, uh, anime con in ontario canada oh and it was it was oh my god it was one of the worst experiences i ever had in my life uh, and i and i love anime i love comic books i love so much of that culture but so much of all of the entertainment there was so dialed directly in to, to a very specific thing to that and and like and there's elements of that in what i do but there's no way I could tailor it that precisely. And they weren't anything that wasn't directly in that avenue. They were just, they weren't even trying to hear it really. They weren't trying to respond to it or anything. And I think this leads us perfectly into the subject that we, that we wanted to talk about before, because I, I, from listening to your music Mm -hmm. and even just in the little bit of this conversation, you struggle with, I would assume what the hell is rap? Yeah. What the hell is rap supposed to be? And people, have this and i read a review of uh animal hospital uh-huh. uh and i don't remember where it was but the it was a good review mm-hmm. i think you maybe you had tweeted it probably um, i only retweet the good ones <laughs> <laughs> i haven't had any of those so i wouldn't know uh but maybe you retweeted it uh and uh the person said something about the the, the way that you tell stories okay. that there's this there is the story, the ongoing story of the expectation of what you're supposed to be hmm. and you adhering to or denying it right. that is just embedded in what you do, right. which I totally see mm-hmm. and agree with. I would put myself in the same situation mm-hmm. for who I am as a stand-up comedian. Right. Um, I would say that my, my boy Eugene Warrock probably is the same. Das Racist, probably the of same course. same of same course. thing. I kind of know those guys because of uh, uh, Hari Kondabolu, who's a friend of comic. Okay, I don't know who that is. Well, he's a comic. Okay. Uh, he is writing on uh, Kamal Bell's uh, Totally Biased okay. with Kamal Bell show. And uh, a good friend, his brother is in Das Racist. Okay. Because they have their hype man, Dapwell. Oh, Dapwell, okay. That's, I haven't met Dap yet, but me and him talk on Twitter. Dap is uh, Hari's brother. Okay, cool. So through... Through Hari, I met. Well, I had first heard of them because my agent got into this dude named Gordon Voidwell. Okay, who he wanted to sign 
Um, I hope I'm not blowing anything up. <laughs> he wa- he wanted to sign Gordon, well, and this what is what an interesting. Gordon, do? Gordon is a is a musician. Okay, he's incredible. Okay, I'll show you what some of his music. music it? It, 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 you know he you know what he he gets a lot of um, Prince comparisons. Oh, interesting, but. He denies it, and I know why he did. I can see, I can feel it in his music why he denies it. Mm. His voice, he kind of has this. The voice kind of sounds like Prince. The way that he uses um, music and some of his harmonies, I can see. Okay, that's he compares himself to some other musicians that I can't remember off the top of my head. But Prince, of course, is pretty much when anything kind of is like. I don't know how to classify this, but I enjoy it. Right. <laughs> it just gets compared to Prince yeah. because Prince is Prince. Exactly. So it's like, well, that is unique to itself, but I still like it. It's not so unique that I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. I don't like it. <laughs> but I still enjoy this. But it's not technically pop, right. but it's not rock, but it's not R&B. It's not indie, but it's kind of all of them. There you go. You, you must Prince. be like Prince then. Prince. There you go. Uh, but Gordon Voidwell had a uh, mixtape that I heard. And there was a Das Racist song on it. Because he made some beats for them. Sick. It was called uh, Shorty Said was okay. the name of the song. Okay. And the whole song is about the the people they're told they look like. They oh, constantly that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Have you never heard that song? No, no. I have, I've, I've only heard like a couple of their mixtape songs. I heard the album and I heard both of their like solo stuff. I'll play it for you. Uh, the listeners just heard it because I'm going to use it. Somewhere in here, okay, <laughs> or they're going to. I'm going to use and your I'm gonna music. I'm going to use your music in this podcast. Uh, just like to, you know, here, here we are. Yeah. But Shorty said it's like the first line is Shorty said I look like Carlos Mencia, like <laughs> Carlos Mencia, fuck Carlos Mencia. And I was like, I was already on board. I'm like, That's what? So what? I'm already on board. And the beat and Gordon's yeah, beats yeah. are incredible. Okay, I know that he is. I think he sold some to like Busta. Awesome. I think he was like selling some beats to like some like some people. Uh, but. My agent was like, Void this guy's great. I want to sign him, okay. but he doesn't have a record deal. Okay. So the agency won't let me sign him. Now, your agency signs musicians and stand-ups all of and it. actors and it's all of it. Okay. It's everything. They're, they're a big agency. Oh, okay. They're one of those. <laughs> they're, one of the, they're one of the big ones. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I think that's a fascinating thing mm. because they – he was just telling me they just signed like Kendrick Lamar. Oh, and I'm like – Kendrick, but look like, out now. <laughs> he's already got he's got albums, he's got a deal. Yeah. But like it's like so you can't sign someone until they have a deal? Yeah, because it's not their job to to have to make sure people know the music. That's the problem. That's the problem. Like you can you can be the greatest talent in the world, but if nobody knows the music, yeah. then you, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, but that's a but that's kind of what Internet 3.0 is. It's what a, the idea of a podcast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have heard of, uh, a word that people uh, some people have used to describe you. Uh-huh. That you might hate? Probably. I already do. I don't even know what it is, but I hate Blog? <laughs> Blog what? Blog rap. Ah, uh, yeah. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> a ridiculous term. What does that even mean? I don't know. What it just that means that bloggers like you. You know, it might mean that white people like me. That That's probably what it means. That's it does. What it means. Because white people know what blogs are. Say, black people don't know what blogs are. <clears throat> well, apparently. I mean, black people don't. Black people operate very few of them. And black people... Hmm. Black people consume a lot of rap music but yes. they, they they aren't they they at least in my cipher in my experience mm-hmm. spread things very hand in hand and word to mouth they're not they often don't have the platforms that the white rap journalists have 
to spread the music. Mm-hmm. And okay. So what what I would wasn't say, that the point of World Star Hip Hop? Oh, was it now? I think was that was the point of it. I think and I just it saw became Lady all Gaga. about people getting fight in fights. Yeah, I just saw Lady Gaga. Oh, Charles sex. Hamilton got punched in the face yeah. of that. <laughs> Lady Gaga just had sex with a cake. I think on World Star Hip Hop. You actually, you need to see this. I don't think I want to. No, actually, you do. <laughs> okay, like, Ron and Fez, uh, Gaga and Cake, and I'm gonna put Gaga on the cake since it's since it's only a minute and a half. I'm gonna put that over Ron and Fez. I'm gonna put that number one on your homework list. You gotta watch Gary Gaga. Okay, fuck this cake. All right, <laughs> you have to see this. I'll watch it. I'm yeah. scared, but I'll watch it. Yeah, you'll end up you'll end up watching it again. Well, here's my here's my question. I guess um, it's. I would assume because people ask me this question and I I always make the mistake of endeavoring to actually answer it, mm-hmm. which is where does your comedy come from? Oh, right. OK. But I think that that is the question in a comedian's entire career is spent. Exactly. Trying to answer. Every joke is, is, is it's, it's well, what, what do you what do you talk about on stage? Right. What do you it's like? I'm that's what I ask I, myself I talk about trying to figure all of this shit. That's out. what I exactly. wake up in the morning and I go, what the fuck am I going to talk exactly. about? Exactly. What is happening to me? Uh, what what do I need to put out there? Right. I 100 percent agree. And every comedian. So to ask you the question I was going to ask, uh-huh. which is what the hell is rap music? Yeah. Or or what is it that you what is it that you're trying to explore? Uh-huh. That's a better question. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you are interested in you exploring? Know, I, I am attempting, and it's funny because the the stuff I'm writing right now, I, I'm really finally getting to the heart of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've explored different themes, but I'm finally at this place now where I'm, I've had I've got work out in the world. I've seen. How many, uh, uh, you got two two albums? Three albums. Three. Out, and I had a bunch of EPs. I got a lot of music out there yeah, yeah, yeah. for people to, you know, consume or ignore or whatever. But um, <clears throat> where I'm at I've now, heard the, uh, I've heard uh, Rappers Will Die of Natural right, Causes right. and Animal Hospital. So those are the last two albums. Right. Um, I've, you get a certain amount of feedback based on what you do. And, and I think a good portion of even starting to do this is to see what kind of feedback it'll get. But though I'm kind of, I got that. And now I'm kind of like, okay, now it's just me and this art form. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's time for me to really figure out like what it is that I'm doing. And, and where I'm at, and this is, this is it's so funny that you asked me this because it's just for the last 48 hours I've been stuck on like this idea that the default thing to do as a rapper, the default thing, like mm-hmm. turn the faucet on, what comes out is like bragging. You know what I mean? Do I, you and, know and, uh, Dwayne Perkins? No. He's a comedian, fantastic guy, but I have never heard him talk about Jay Z without the word bragging also right. in the sense. Like, right. and he he esteems Jay Z as the greatest bragger. Mm-hmm. He's like, but he's so good at bragging. He is. No, Jay Z's incredible. But I want to listen to him brag. I, I you know, and, and I don't have a problem with it, especially when it comes to somebody like Jay Z, because he's made bragging an art form. All he time. has made bragging an art form. And I think he was bragging before he had anything to brag about. But the the problem, and and that's the thing is, most people do do that. They brag before they have anything to brag about, and everything becomes this default of just. When I start writing, it's about how good I am and how bad you are. Like, right, like, right. Or, or tearing down some uh, anonymous, uh, amorphous rap figure. Mm. Um, or, you know, bigging up what you have. Or what, It's just something, there's something in that that, that I, I, I've been really trying to figure out just today and yesterday. Like, how can I make, make something else the default? Mm. Anything else the default and not have it be... Um, have it have it have it be as economically 
lyric lyrically economical is bragging. And what I mean by that is since everybody knows that bragging is what it is, mm-hmm. once you start off with your bragging, people are already kind of listening because they're like, oh, what's he going to say next? Like, what's his next punchline? Because everybody's already set to that. Right. So if I just turn on the faucet and I start talking about furniture, people are going to be like, this is kind of boring or this is kind of weird. Or like, so how, how is it that I'm able, how do I, how am I able or am I going to be able to make some other approach as acceptable and as listened to? as the default, which is bragging. Hmm. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm like writing some songs where I'm like, just kind of exploring stream of consciousness. But then I don't want to get into the thing where I'm just being weird for weird sake either. Cause I still think, I think that I have things to say. Although people I'm, have made careers out of that. Of course. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Das Racist, right? But they do that too. You know, they, and, and it's fun. I like how they do it because the way that they do it, they introduce ideas and, and, and other pop culture things into rap in interesting ways. And they, and they tie it around these really old school rap tropes too. I really like how they do that, Yes, but they do that. And I don't want to do that too. Right. You know, so it's just trying to find other ways to, to make my presentation uh, just as compelling, but to not go that route with it. And I've, and I've obviously you've heard my work. I, you know, I don't, I don't do that a lot anyway, but I don't want to. Um, I don't necessarily want to write about a theme, but I want to write. Mm. You know what I mean. And so, in absence of this rap song is about this table, and and not this rap song is about how good I am, then what's the next thing? So okay, this is interesting because I, I have a couple of different questions here. Sure. I'm thinking like, why do you think that bragging is the default, right? Mm. Um, and then at the same time, there is this kind of idea of, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm likening it to improvisation. Sure. There's a great improv teacher named Keith Johnstone, which I've talked about many a time, uh, who I talk about a lot, who talks about, there's this old improv game, which is like a, a, a word, just a, like, it's like you build a sentence word for word, but you, you switch off person every single word. Okay. So it's like, you might write. I, then somebody will come over and be, write went. Yeah. Someone comes over and write two. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes over and writes the. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes over and writes racetrack. Mm-hmm. You thought there was going to be store. Right. But that person, <laughs> that person thought racetrack. It's like, I went to the racetrack and bet on a dog. Ooh, it's a dog right. racetrack. Suddenly right. it's a different store, right? Exactly. But all those different words are written by somebody else. He had this thing where he had maybe four groups of people of six or seven people each write a letter a word a day for like three months or something a word a day people would it was just on the table uh-huh. and, it, and this is this is this is still people taking turns or this is just each individual taking turns oh. it was like people who there was like a group of people like they left it on a table mm-hmm. someone would come into the room and be like ah it was whoever's turn it was they would see what was happening they'd read the last couple sentences or whatever that's beautiful and he talked about that there are these levels of consciousness yeah. that seem to be common over and over and over yes, again. Absolutely. I once, when I was taught, I, I, I ta- I've taught a little improv and I remember I was at some audition and I was telling this guy this who is an improv teacher mm-hmm. and he was like, that's great. Can I use that? I'm like, yeah, if I can take it. I, I likened it to uh, unpacking a suitcase. Sure. Your brain is the suitcase. You've gone on a trip. So when you're going on a trip, you know, just life, 
everything in the suitcase is jumbling around. Right. So when you open it up and you want to get something out of it, the important stuff has shifted to the bottom. And there's all this bullshit in the top. <laughs> yeah. That's why in the scene in the movie that someone's always taking stuff out of the suitcase, it's like, uh, you know, boxers with hearts on them. You, all this bullshit's up there. Toothbrush. Don't need that. Don't need. Ah, right. here's the thing I was looking for. Right. Right. But a lot of the times we get very much focused on what's on the surface right. of our thoughts. And this is why he was saying that's why a lot of improvisers, when they start out, the jokes or the things that come out will be uh, overtly sexual mm-hmm. or rageful. Or um, fart poop yep. stuff because that's the that's the number one shit at the top of our brain that we are actively trying to not say, not think yeah, about, exactly. repress. So when we have this, un- oh, suddenly the faucet's on, it's just like poop, fart, want to <laughs> fuck you, want to <laughs> fuck you with my fist. <laughs> yes, that is man. Wow, that is that is so. So there is this thing in rap. Where I see, because I, I do listen to a lot of, of hip-hop, mm-hmm. contrary to popular belief. <laughs> <laughs> what is the popular belief? Uh, that Just jamming a polka all the time? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, oh, you like, you like that guitar shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sometimes I like instruments. Right. You know what I do? I, I do listen to a lot of like old school R&B. Like, I like to listen to, like, I keep, I, you know, I've been playing Donny Hathaway a oh, lot yeah. lately for, oh, so, yeah. for no reason, oh, probably because yeah. of the no, sadness. It's the best shit ever. It's some of the, and it's one of the best voices in R&B. Ev- best Just voices music. I've ever yeah, and uh but i do i will like i said i i had i took i had this thing where i would be driving around la late at night and i would just listen to like usually it was like serious soul town okay, okay. so it was like old like like from motown to like the 70s yeah, 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 so yeah. it was never anything earlier than like the middle of earth wind and fire's oh, career yes. okay you but it would go it. it would go back to like old soul mm-hmm. And it would come back up to like some, you know, so it was basically 60s to mm, late 70s. Okay. And I would just, I mean, like, I basically it was like a scene from Jackie Brown. I'd be just <laughs> driving around singing the Delphonics to myself. Yeah, man. And I would just feel like, I'm an old man. <laughs> because I'm listening to, I'm listening to the Sam Cooks and I'm listening to the, yeah. the Teddy Pendergrasses and the Barry Whites and the, you know, Marvin Gaye's. And I'm like, oh, they just don't do this. Real shit they don't do this anymore. And shit. I feel that I'm instantly like, oh, shit. I'm 50 in the 80s. Well, I'm a 50-year-old yeah. 30 years ago. My point is, I am interested in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I am interested in rap. But I'm not interested in the pop versions right. of it. Because right. I do see the bragging. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get it. It's like people. You can. It's really, really easy yep. to have a hook and a good beat. Mm-hmm. So fucking what? Right. What's beyond that? Mm-hmm. So a lot of rap is id. It's just id rap. And, and it's just the faucet, and people just think like whatever hell's coming out of my mouth must be brilliant because I'm the be- I'm the best. Right. And it's like no. And it really and really the way the marketplace is right now, you get so much run out of just out of the salesmanship of your lyrics. Even if the the actual content you're delivering isn't anything, if you can sell it really well, that's that's all. People almost look at that like that is the entire art of rapping. My my best. <laughs> misunderstanding of rap was young jeezy's mm-hmm. my president you know that song it was I the heard it. the album was called the recession okay it's an interesting album it's interesting that he tried to write on a theme right. about the recession and some of the songs i'm like he's actually trying to do something here because right. i was resistant I'm like i'm not gonna listen to young jeezy but I'm like <laughs> wait a minute some of this is good so the 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 it goes like uh my president is black i thought the lyrics of the hook mm-hmm. was my president is black my land votes blue, and I'll be goddamned if my rent ain't due. 
He said Lambo, huh? He must have He's said saying Lambo. <laughs> I thought he was saying my land votes blue. Like that they was, voted blue. They're right, Democrats. Right. But still, even though we have a black president, he's from Atlanta. I still he? gotta pay my rent. Uh, That's what I thought he was saying. I see. Nope. Damn no. My Lambo is blue, mm-hmm. and I'll be goddamn if my rims ain't too. I was like, no, Jeezy. Yeah, I misunderstood something yeah, I thought was brilliant. Credit, man. You gave him too much credit. And, and I was like, happens. oh, Jeezy. It happens. It happens. So, what do you think is, with all that shit that I just said, what do you think is that reason that people just go to that bragging? Why is that the default? Gosh, I think, it, you know, it's just a... Uh, some... And then on the other side of that, uh-huh. why is that not the default feeling? Well, uh, you know, I, I think it's a... It's, it's a you know, you listen. I was listening to a. Um, I was watching a documentary on what the hell is his name? Blowfly. You know, Blowfly. Is? No, I don't. He's from the same era as Dolomite. Um, same like still like basically do the same shit. Except okay. Blowfly was more of a serious musician. Like he actually wrote a few hit songs in the seventies for other groups. Oh, okay. But uh, his shit was gutter locker room dick pussy. <laughs> fuck you in the butthole talk like, okay but, okay but you know along the lines of dolomite like yeah you know king kong ding right, ding that right, kind of shit right. um same era yeah and it just reminded me that the beginnings of a lot of of uh male talk that locker room talk that mm-hmm. the women around talk that a lot of rap comes out of that it comes mm. out of like what dudes say to dudes when there's no women around and with the, with the understanding that women will never hear it and and I think a lot of a lot of street corner rap talk came out of that, and um, I think that's a big reason why the foundation of it is that same kind of braggadocio. It's the machismo, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's part of it. Um, I don't think that's the whole thing. I, I feel like there's there's some other there's some other element too that I can't necessarily um, define right now, but um, it it can't be for me because I don't I don't um. I don't, I don't, not only do I not enjoy that, that, that kind of, uh, I, I, I won't consume it myself, uh, for the most part. Um, and I don't care how good people are. I just don't, I don't care. You know, I kind of just don't care. Like I'm just more interested in, um, in, in even in my own consumption, um, movies, books, television, that's more three dimensional than that. And so I can't with good conscience or, and I'm not even good at it. Like, even if I wanted to really go there, I couldn't because I don't believe it enough. You know what I mean? Okay. Can I throw this sure. out? Are you more interested in being like, well, who are you? As opposed to who is it that you think I want you to be? Right. You know? You're like, oh, who, who, what you're trying to put out, like what you, what, what right. you I, want me to think I, you I, are, but I'm, I'm more interested I'm, in who I'm you actually are. I'm more interested in, in the, in the unique things that go through people's heads and mm-hmm. how they process life. Like I'm a, I got a degree in psychology. Like, I'm a psychology okay. guy. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's crazy because my wife's a sociology professor, so she's all environment and, 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 and this and that. And I'm like, no, personal, unique. Like, you know, and I'm all Oh, I'm interested that. in the bridge of those gaps. Yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, that's that's where I am. Like, and so, you know, not, not only does it bother me to hear that because it's retread after retread of the same uh, themes, um, it's just flat. It's flat. It's just flat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, somebody was playing Meek Mill for me the other day. Um, mm. who like, he is, I swear to God, he's like the perfect, he's, he is the absolute 
manifestation of where where the industry and and society has gotten in terms of what on what on paper would make the most top selling rapper ever like yeah 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 straight up I've heard super it. hard rapping yeah. um so much energy and passion but but just literally everything is about like what's on his wrist and right. what he's driving and like his Louis bag and shit like I'm like, damn, you know, if, if, if to me, if he were to put any of that passion into some idea that wasn't already well tread, man, it would be, it, it would seem like an amazing song or amazing idea would come out of that. But I didn't hear anything like nothing. I didn't hear anything novel, mm. you know, and, um, you know, that's what's, that's what's bugging me. But that's also like on the other side of that coin. That's why I'm really excited about Kendrick Lamar, because mm-hmm. um, what he's doing, like, you can only like compare him to other people who have been weird in the past, and like, and 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 the things that he's writing about. He, it, it, it's not like he's writing about things that haven't been written about before, but he's getting a platform to do it on that people nobody's really hadn't rapped for a long time. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's, and he's very skilled as a songwriter and mm-hmm. very. He he pushes himself to be good at the craft and good at having something to say, and I, I I'm just really I'm really excited that somebody like him is becoming successful, right? Because every couple of years, as depressed as I get about the uh, medium that I work in, something happens that kind of, in a strange way, blows the doors open. Um, it happened with Kanye. Mm-hmm. It's weird as as like as backpacks and teddy bears yeah you know what i mean and, mm-hmm. and as, as self-indulgent and arrogant as he is he's at a place where he can indulge every artistic whim that he has and he's at the very top so all that shit trickles down you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it opens up lanes for people to do things left of center or right of center even if they want even little wayne when he's when he um a couple of years ago to start a con himself a Martian and shit out of nowhere. Like, right, right. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, right. This is a guy who's from fucking New Orleans, like in the, all the way under the hood. You know and he was, I mean? he's been rapping since like what, 14? Yeah, something yeah, like, something that? like that. He's something been around. Like that. Yeah. And, and taught himself how to get good. And at, at the height of his goodness decided that he wanted to explore all these other themes. And I think that had a crazy effect. Like you look at, I think that opened the doors to odd future, ev- everything else that's been weird to come after that. I think mm. he, he made that happen because at the height when he could do no wrong, he's a Martian. He's a doctor on the track. He's whatever, like whatever. And he was good enough to be able to pull it all off. Right, know? right, right. And then he went to jail. Yeah. And it <laughs> everything up. He got clean and it was just like, ah, right. what happened? Back in jail. Uh, and then so many personally, I was like, I, there was a I, there was a moment where I felt like he was inescapable, mm-hmm. and that there was this. I was saturated. Yeah, absolutely. I was just like, "There's so much Wayne right now." Yeah, it's, it's like he's on everyone's track. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming out with a mixtape every week. Yes, lots it's like, of mixtapes. Save I, some of I it. I can't keep up with mixtapes at all. I can't even do it. There are some, and I, I and I I try to investigate. You know. Yeah. See, you're good. You're better than me. But I'm it's a, like I'm, I'm it, a there's person. a lot. There is a lot of stuff. Yeah. There is a, a lot. lot it's a lot. I was just on tour with a uh, bus driver and no can do, and I was like, oh my god, this is like such an amazing tour for me because I'm touring with my friends, but just in the van. 
like those guys they listen to so much rap so mm. I heard so much shit that I never would have heard right shit right right readily available that I just fucking completely ignore all the time well you know un- to be fair you're living your life well also I'm listening to Ron and Fez all the time you're you listening to Ron I mean? and Fez like, so I, you know so I didn't I you're like heard- yeah 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 but have you seen this Gaga cake thing <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so, like, they put on Rick Ross's album, and they put on, you know, like, that Meek Mill mixtape, and they put on all this stuff, and, like, you know, playing Max B, and some of this shit is really good, and yeah. really interesting, but, you know, it was just, I, you know, I just, there's so much I haven't heard, there's so much I don't hear, so it was really good for me to be exposed to all this stuff again, because I'm so fucking prejudiced, you know what I mean, and I'm so, like, protective of my headspace. Like, mm. there's so many people I do not want taking up any real estate in my mind, because I feel like, it was me, because okay. I, like I can't fucking trust them. Right, right. (laughs) Just because you don't want to, uh, I mean, that's a big thing that comedians do as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Like there, you know, and the 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 debate is still on about whether or not how much comedy you should or shouldn't be watching. Because I I like to consume a lot of it because I see that as the means of not copying something else that someone else is doing. I don't know how many times I've seen comedians do a bit or a version of something I was working on. Right. Where it's like I couldn't crack the nut, yeah. and it's like, oh, they did that. I can move on from it. Uh, but also, I'm conscious of not copying other yeah, people. It's tough, man. And it's very tough, especially when it's just like because then I, on the on the on the bad side of that, I tend to be like, well, I can't talk about anything. Right. Everyone's no, everything's being talked about. Why didn't I just talk about anything it's then? Fucking tough, man. Like I, I don't even know. Like there's where, how do you even find the balance? How do you find the balance? Because you don't. Uh, it, it, it's good to be exposed to others. That's the same, you know, the same thing, like, you know, like I was saying in the van, like, to get exposed to this shit. And sometimes it was fucking torturous. Sometimes I just it took everything in me not to lean over and just turn the shit off. But, you know, like, that's, it's, it's good for me to every now and then really come face to face with what the fuck is happening. You know? Yeah. Well, you have to be away from it. Yeah. And but come I back to it. stay away from it. Which is you stay away from it for too long? Typically, I stay away from it. <laughs> you get into your psychology? I do. Well, here's the thing. I, uh, I asked a couple people. Like I said to you, sure. this is the first time I've ever done this as a journalistic approach, apl- apl- <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out like, uh, what can I talk to you about? Um, here, here is something. This is this is actually kind of related to uh, what we've been talking about. This person, I won't give any names of anybody okay. to ask no any questions. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> rap music as a political form of expression has become alt. Do you sense there is a revival, particularly in the black community, or are people too interested in capitalist-induced rap? Um, people too interested in capitalist. I think I think people are at a place right now where honestly they could be exposed to damn near anything, and it's just the uh, the, the the systems, the machines, aren't very open to other types of things. But people will be respond to anything. If if the music is right, you know what I mean. Well, but it, also, I mean, there is something I think to like uh, being. Con- how do you become conscious of that stuff? Aware of, of what? How do you become aware? Because it's like if you're yeah. getting inundated with yeah. this thing, this thing, this thing, this I thing. I mean, it's tough. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, we live in a, a country of people who turn on the radio when they want to hear something, and and that that is a very controlled machine. Like, there's just no. There's no getting into that and, and becoming part of that stream just on will alone. You have to like really participate. And there's a lot of gatekeepers and a lot of doors and people that don't want anything uh, incendiary to come out of that faucet. Mm. And so, um, you know, you have to approach people other ways. But I mean, I, 
it's it's always funny to me. I go places and perform for people all the time that people that didn't know what the fuck was going on and got dragged there and like they become like the most locked in after like, Oh God, I had no idea about any, anything like this. Like, what is this? What are people doing? <laughs> like, this is, this is amazing. You know what I mean? And because like, they have a mainstream idea of what right. it's supposed to look like. Exactly. And they're like, I'm not interested in that, but they didn't know there was something exactly. else. Exactly. So it's just, I think, I think people are fine. The machines are fucked up. The machines are fucked up. <laughs> on purpose. Huh? Interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. This is a very this is a very intelligent conversation, all right. or a very intelligent uh, no, question. I'll, I mean I'll, to say, I'll answer through my nose. I'll read it. I'll read it. Uh, you have some sensibility overlap with other internet fueled acts like that's racist. And wait, 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 wait. Say it again. Hold on. <laughs> I'm already. Fine. You have some sensibility overlap with other okay internet fueled acts. I've never heard that. Phrase. Sensibility overlap. That might be the name. Of my other name acts album. like that's racist, <laughs> and obviously Serengeti. Yay! Both lyrically and in your production tastes, all blunted everything, literary illusions, uh, references to MC Shan and the New Yorker in the same breath, uh, an irreverent attitude to hip-hop culture and sacred cows, leftist politics, etc. Yes. Do you feel more at home in hip-hop now that there are a bunch of kindred spirits around? Do you feel like this art rap lane will only get wider, or will it go the way of the backpack? Will we be hiding our art rap pasts in 2019? No, because don't nobody have one yet. <laughs> There's no art rap past right now. There's just a few, I don't know, like, I use that term a lot. It's a dumb term. But art I rap? Like it. Yeah. Um, I like it because it should be around. Like, it should be a thing. You've used the term to describe yourself? Yeah, but... But it's just it's a, a term a that you've... term, though. You've, it's, <laughs> it's really a term that you've heard it. You're like, I guess I'm that. No. I started. I, I, my first album is called Unapologetic Art Rap. <laughs> like, I, okay, did I not know that. Brought it into the conversation. You know what I mean? Like, I was driving. But that's that's a kind of a winky. That's a winky title as well. It is, but it's also something that I wanted to put on the table, and okay. I wanted to like, because I'm not afraid of it. It's a dumb term, but I'm not afraid of it. And I noticed, especially at the time that I put that album out, it was really a couple years after, um the backpack thing like, really imploded. Like, like O2 was kind of the height. O3, O4 was the height of that. That shit is in the fucking toilet now. Like, all of the all of the white people, especially, that used to listen to that, they, they, they said, fuck all of this smart shit, and they started listening to Dipset, and then, like, mm. you know, a couple years after that, then they're all, you know, now they're all in a little B, and they're all in a whatever. Like, they're in all of this other shit. And, um... So at that time, you had a lot of rappers who were really afraid of being put in that category because it scared the fuck out of... Because of what had just happened. Yeah, exactly. And so I wanted to put it back on the table because I felt like it was something something that was happening that made um, me and some of my ilk afraid to be as nuanced as we wanted to be. And so like, I wanted to start introducing some type of phrasing that would help people... Uh, open it up a little bit mm. and and but also in a sense of embracing it on our on our own too um and some some others begrudgingly did so too but uh like i said it's a dumb term like there needs to be something else it needs to be that's still too flat of a term for what it really art is. rap yeah because it's, it's a reactionary term like there needs to be something um that's, that's a little bit more proactive to uh to accurately describe what it is um but that's you know that's close enough right now. But in terms of feeling uh, in place right now, not so much. Like indie rap is booming. 
but it's still like like Danny Brown's getting big. Uh, right. Bass Palaces did really good. And you had Danny on your album as yeah. well, yeah. Uh Das Racist is cracking. Um Action Bronson, uh, right, right. You know, shit is shit is shit is going. Uh, I'm when I'm. What's it? What's it? Uh, Earl sweatshirt. Earl sweatshirt. Odd future. You know, like it's it's all. And I would even put Kendrick in the indie lane, even though his music is very mainstream. Like, but he's 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 on that on that fence. Yeah, yeah. he's and on that fence. He can he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He right. just chooses to to write good songs, which is awesome. You know who was somebody was uh, Bob. 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 B O B. Oh. I don't know that much about B.O.B. Well, that, I think he's got a second album out, but I had heard about him through the mixtapes. Okay, okay. And um, I feel what I thought was interesting and unique about him has not been on his albums Mm. since he got signed and made a studio album, which was, the first one was The Adventures of Bobby Ray. Okay. I thought he was trying so hard to be pop in it that the things that, I thought made him interesting from uh, the B.O. like B.O.B. versus Bobby Ray is a mixtape. The one I first heard, one uh, first one I heard was the Who the Fuck is Bob? Okay. And I thought it was like the way that he sampled beats. I'm like, this dude's doing it all himself. Okay. It's like, this is incredible. Because I think I first heard of him uh, on a T.I. song. Okay. Because he's in Atlanta. So it was like, who's this dude who kind of sounds like, like uh, Andre 3000 a little bit singing wise. Uh-huh. But then I started kind of looking him up and I was like, oh, he's got his own thing going on. Yeah. And of course he got a lot of Andre you know, comparisons, but he's a different beast. You know, uh, I, what I, what I'm, I think he put out his albums on Atlantic. Yeah. And I've heard, oh God, I hope, uh, what well, doesn't matter. Fuck it. I, I've heard really scary things about Warner electric, uh, Electra Atlantic and yeah. their, their approach in recent times with rappers. I've heard really scary oh, shit. Oh, that they're trying to make them they're, a they're, thing. They're they're, 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 they're heavy pushers. Like in that old school way of trying to like make somebody big. Yeah. And, and having old traditional ideas about what that means. And, and, and the thing is with, a, with the success that B.O.B. has had, that probably gives them further reinforcement in that, in that old traditional way. But I've, I mean, like, I mean, those songs did do well. It's just right. that I, per- I personally was like, "This is not the the one that yeah, the guy and, I knew." And that's that's the thing. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Lupe's last couple. Like, you, mm. you, have you ever heard that the, the story with lasers? Mm. I mean, I've read that like they were showing up to his shows with like pre-made songs. Like, this is the beat. This is the hook. This is what you're gonna do. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we're really. And I don't. You know, you can't fucking. But you know, you hear enough things and you see enough evidence. You're like, wow! Oh, like you know, I know a couple people. At least that that the feeling of that is out there, right? Uh, right. Even if it isn't true, but that's intense. I know a couple people who got you know who are who are fucking with Warner and like it's just it's not not a good place to be artistic if you're a rapper. Uh oh, an art rapper. Not yet. <laughs> they, won't, they won't be knocking on my door no time soon. Oh yeesh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Okay, let me let me ask you one of these other questions. Sure. Uh, this okay. This 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 relates to something. <sighs> okay, I'll read this question. You can decide or not whether or not to answer because I think that we may have covered some of this. Okay. You this is what this, you are a top five MC. The fuck does that for mean? most the hip hop bloggers who know what they are talking about? Do you see yourself as a connoisseur's artist? Do you even like hip hop bloggers? They are mostly white nerdy virgins in LA who smoke too much Kush. <laughs> Is this more frustrating than it is gratifying? Alternate alternate phrasing of question. If Scarface is your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, 
then Open Mike Eagle is your favorite blogger's favorite rapper. Discuss. Well, first of all, it's not true. Uh, because the biggest... A few of the, the bigger rap bloggers really don't fuck with me at all. And if they have, it's, it's only been after a very long time of not fucking with me. Um, what I've, the, the, the most scary shit I've seen from, from the white blogger... Uh, I don't even know what the fuck. I don't know what the white blogger, the white rap blogger. Yeah. Okay. Is that oftentimes uh, they seek to speak for rap fans in general. It's a very fucking frightening thing, especially, and that's when it really gets touchy with the race thing. Mm -hmm. It's because like they seem to want to speak for the entire fucking country. And yeah, I have it, noticed that some it's of the writing. so difficult to do that without without really being insensitive to what what it means, especially what it means to be a black man doing this shit, doing it how you want to do it. Um, and, and some of the things that they say, like even if they'll uh, even the compliments that could be fucked up sometimes, like a little you, backhanded, you get that he speaks so well, <laughs> you know what I mean? You get that, and that's fucked up. But they'll say shit like that. I guess they're reading now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's you know, it it just it's that's the frightening shit. That's the shit that I don't like. Uh, that's that's like, man, I had another uh example, but um, you get you get the sense that many of them um quest for something that they think is authentic which is fucking that's scary as shit yeah 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 so frightening like i mean that not only that that's what they would what they would want it and and they would associate a certain type of hood or danger with that idea yeah but that they that they would that they would deem the dangerous thing better than the not dangerous thing it it gets into this really scary kind of like underground racism kind of kind of thing where like all of a sudden what you're telling me is that my experience as a black man isn't mm-hmm, as authentic mm-hmm. as the next person's because I'm not talking about that same shit that we were talking about earlier like cuz I'm not bragging I'm not doing the gun talk and you don't know where the fuck these people are from no idea what they're like but they have like. been they have an idea Right and uh, some sort of uh, outsider's idea right. of there. Here's what blackness is as it has been constructed right. by the music, and here's where you right. compare to that. Right. I'm not saying it is or isn't, but this is what blackness is. Right. And, and, and blackness is an idea. You can put it a label. It's like like organic, organic, right. black, right. black. <laughs> and and for for them to um, put that in any kind of conversation had anything to do with quality of work can get to a really fucked up place and i see it happen all the time like and that's what i don't like um anybody who's taking the time to listen to my shit i'm appreciative of and if they're you know if they're willing to write a few words about it that seem like they actually thought about it i think that's great you know but um what i see that's more of a problem to me is people dismissing it because they don't want to hear a rapper say something that make it, it maybe where maybe I might be smarter than them. Maybe I might be smarter than them. Like maybe that's the case. They don't want to hear that shit at all. They don't. Or or if they or if it's the case and they only want to hear it about some subject that they don't already know about. Like it had to be about I had to be smart about how I sold my crack or some shit. You know what I mean? Like 
Hmm. It, it gets it gets in some real touchy shit sometimes. Yeah. I don't think they. I just. I think they often just don't realize how much, how much race and how much the perception of race can play into some of the things that they say. Huh. Okay. Well, because I think that, that is. Uh, I've been trying to write, you know, stand up about this. Just like black people's obsession with authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, that it is the it seems to be it's the one thing that every black person is always a person of color in the united states is always wrapped up in what does it mean to be authentically this thing that i am mm-hmm. and it's either that there are are aspiring a lot of the times it's that they're aspiring to really be it this idea that's been handed down or they have rejected that idea that's been handed down and they're going to be something completely different mm-hmm. but it's like those are the extremes right. And then there, of course, are the few people that try to redefine it. Right. When you have the people who are hardcore trying to be that thing, being like, it is. It just is. You can't redefine it. Right. You either are this or you're not. And if you're not, you're fake. Right. And then the people who are um, on the other extreme of like, I can't, I'm not that. So I guess I'm just not going to c- pursue that community or that identity at all. Yeah. If you try to redefine it to them, they're just like, why bother? Right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a wall that can't be knocked what, down. The, fucked up, the, the interesting thing now is that 2012, I mean, you look around and there are adults of all different types of colors who are here and developed and and are are something other they are they are as 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 somebody who lives in the country and has day-to-day life there's something different than what the tradition is and there's something different than just the opposite too there's this whole other thing mm-hmm. and uh and you know i just think society and and how how intensely obsessed it is with labels it's just we're just not at a place to really say what this thing what these new things are yet but i think you look at dos racist <laughs> he's supposed to look at cool ad yeah he's like he's like mexican or something i mean and, and from the bay right from the like a mexican man from the bay Sounds black on records almost. Uh, I'm not like, sure if he's Mexican or Puerto Rican. Por- well, some yeah, some some uh, some Latin. Now I apologize, Victor, if you're yeah, listening. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like that that he is not the tradition, or, and he's not the opposite. Well, both him and Heems, right, are both that because Heems exactly. is an Indian dude exactly. from from New York. Exactly. So it's like they're these two brown people. Right. People can't tell exactly. You know, and and that's that's where we are. You Serengeti? Are you familiar with Serengeti? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> he's he's black, but people don't know what he is, and he does not live a black life. He does not live a white life. He lives something completely different. You know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. His, and his art speaks to that. His his work speaks to that. You know, you look at it's I think probably a lot of comedians too. His work speaks to a well, different and that's, experience, and that is what comedians are wrapped up in. You know, there's there is uh, there. I mean, there are many approaches, of course. Yeah, but it, there is this idea, you know, as set aside as set as a standard by people who are considered the greatest comedians of all time. Yes. They always have an identity that is authentically them. Right. They are authentically themselves. Right. Regardless of how you feel about them, uh, if you do or don't agree with what they have to say or how much you do or don't identify with mm-hmm. their experience, you know that they are really good mm-hmm. at speaking from their point of view. Right. So you can take it or leave it. You know, and that's what, you know, like people who are considered like the best right now, you know, like uh, Louis C.K. or uh, Bill Burr, right. you know, um, are authentically themselves. Right. They have you their know? voice. And, and Kevin, Kevin Hart, who is the, uh, he's like the, the biggest sellingest yeah. 
stand up right now. Killing it. He and and he he's killing it, but he's also I think he's doing something different yep. than what a black comedian of his stature, especially that came up in the way that he came up in. Yeah. He's doing it very different yep. than than they have. You know, and and I, I I wouldn't put him where Chris Rock and Chappelle came uh-huh. from, you know, and Cat Williams. Right. It's the same thing. It's like Cat and Kevin. So they are authentically doing something that's them, and they're right. approaching something else. They can sell out these theaters and do all that stuff, but they are still doing something that's authentically them, regardless mm-hmm. of how much you do or don't agree with it. Right. And I feel like there are there are rappers that are doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know personally that they get as much appreciation as they right. deserve. Right. Because there is still this idea of rap supposed to sound like this. People oh, are listening to rap as opposed to a rapper. I would put Kanye in that conversation. I would say that who 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 did what he's doing? I I can't. I, I don't even a know. whole album of of singing where he can't sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even even and it's still pretty damn good. Though, this guy made a song with a hook called "Let's Make a Toast to the Asshole." Yeah, what that is that is. To me, I thought that was fucking amazing. And I don't think it's the best song ever, but I think that type of approach, uh, the uniqueness of it, is fucking amazing. And so I would, I would, you know, in terms of stature and somebody who owns their own voice, I would definitely put Kanye in that conversation. Okay, okay. Um, and, and maybe Wayne, too. The, it, 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 gets, it gets troubling because, or it gets a little difficult to navigate because those guys, I guess you know what it is, is that the moment... I, and this is, this is the music snob in me. The moment I someone is like so gigantic yeah. that it's like I can't think of Con- when I think of Kanye, it's all caps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's all caps in my brain automatically every single time. Okay. I think if I write if I write it, I can't even like put like a small a and the Y. Yeah, he'll come out and punch you if you. He'll come out and punch me. Right, right he'll show up with his teddy bears. Exactly. His shirt um, open. <laughs> but it's like, I guess if somebody gets to that level, I just kind of like okay, that's done. I I, I kind of have written it off yeah, now. You, you, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, with Kanye especially, it's really difficult for me to lump him in with everybody because he sets the trends in a sense and and it's the same the same kind of thing with Wayne it's really hard to tell how 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 unique Wayne was because everybody started copying Dude, him right after I swear you know what I mean? and there wasn't I, I feel like there weren't as many people copying Kanye right no there's no there but it, but like like Wayne yeah especially because it was like he spoke for the south right the entirety of the south in a sort of a way. And suddenly there were all these rappers from every state in the South that maybe sounded a little bit like Wayne. Right. And then suddenly they're like, ha, ha. Yeah. and it's like, okay, he everybody had, doesn't need to laugh. He had rappers from New York sounding like him. Though. Did he? I can't he even think of I mean, anybody. Look at all them ASAP guys. All of them, like all of them, all of like the, the street wear kind of New York, the new dudes, that dude, uh, that dude, Mims. Remember that dude? Oh this yeah, Mims. Hot. This is like, that's this all why, Wayne. That's why I'm all hot. Wayne. I'm hot because I'm fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, they, they call it the Southern influence, but it's really Wayne. Hmm. It's really Wayne. And it's, it is, and it's funny too, because if you listen to Wayne's mixtapes before the first Carter album, I'd say he's probably the most influential Southern rapper, at least since, since Outkast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but as you're saying, the first album, the first the, Carter, those the mixtapes before those when, oh, he's, okay. when he's teaching himself how to rap, basically. He's Process. Co- he's copying Jay Z. Huh? If you go back and listen to those, he's trying to do these patterns and trying to. He's learning how to sell 
by listening to Jay Z and copying what he's doing. Then hmm. he finds his own voice, and then shit. You know what I mean? It's like the marriage, blah. See, and that's really the point of mixtapes. That's what's much more interesting to me yeah. sometimes about them is that you you. It's the place where you get to hear people experiment and yeah, try something different. Uh, you know, and that's, I guess, maybe because I'm a stand-up, I, I get all obsessed about process. Right. And I'm like, how does that happen? Because it's like, as a, a song is a song. It's mm-hmm. done. Right. Once you've done it, you just kind of move on. You right. can't rewrite a song to who you are now. But, see, but, but rapping is, in particular, is, is different than a lot of musical forms is that, you, you know, it's, and, and it's funny now, too, even the marketplace expects it. They expect you to be good at rapping. Mm-hmm. And you and it used to not matter. Like in the eighties and shit, they want to make a pop star, they teach them some rhymes, whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Now exactly. you actually gotta be good at rapping and you can't just start out good. You know, it's just it's like really similar to comedy. Like you don't just get up and start out good. Like you, you have to have so fail. much right. You have to have so much tread on the tires from doing it and trying and seeing what works that then you get to a point where you can like actually get an idea across because you know so much about the craft now. Hmm. And and that's something that in rap those you know like Wayne especially took it to that place where like you can't you can't come out now and just be bad at rapping like nobody will give a fuck at all like yeah you look at Drake you look at Kendrick you look at Meek Mill Rick Ross any of these guys that are up there they know how to rap they know how to rap yeah because if you don't you can't even get in the fucking Drake was I always had a problem (laughs) I was I always thought I was like do we need a Lil Wayne that went to therapy But they need they need a little Wayne. I mean, a Canadian Wayne, Wayne, little Canadian. They need a Wayne that can really Canadian. go hard selling to girls, like go hard selling to girls and emotional men. Like they really need they, they I, needed that. I I and I I had missed out because I've heard some of the albums. I'm mm-hmm. like uh, I don't get it. But everybody's like no 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 the mixtapes the mixtapes you got to listen to the mixtapes because I first heard of Drake the first time I ever saw Drake was. The BET Awards where Jamie Foxx hosted right after Michael Jackson died. Because mm. I had a friend that worked at BET who was working on the, the, the music awards. But then Michael Jackson died like a week before. Shit. And I remember her being like, it's crazy. You have to change everything. Yeah, absolutely. We have to, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that, and it, they did a, I think they did a pretty good job. I don't remember, but. Well, it's that like, well, Jamie Foxx hosted it, mm-hmm. you know, and he did songs. Of course. He was Jamie. He was the perfect person to do and, it. And the best thing about Jamie Foxx is that he is. He has gotten to where he is and earned where he is. He's got a fucking Oscar. Super talented. You can't fucking talk to Jamie. Right. Dude can write music. He can sing. Incredible. He can literally do everything. It's fucking incredible. And that's the best thing is like no one can touch him. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've seen a host on the BET Awards especially where it's like he can talk shit about everybody there. <laughs> In any and genre, nobody any gives form. a fuck. And I remember his introduction of um, Soldier Boy. Okay, I don't remember what he say. What he he's say? like this next, <laughs> like this. I remember something like this next performer is so talented that he has proved that you don't need to be able to know how to rap or <laughs> dance to become a star. Wow! Please welcome Soldier Boy. Tell him. I was like, what? Wow. He just intro- <laughs> he just cut him down in his introduction. So go. what's Soldier Boy gonna do? Yeah, fuck you and your Oscar. What? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. What's he gonna do? So, I remember Jamie Foxx pointing Drake out mm-hmm. because what was it? I want to fuck every girl in the world. Is that what it was? It was that as a Wayne song. I think that Drake did a guest verse on. That was the first time I'd ever heard that song. I remember there being all this controversy because people were, you know, always happens. Anything happens on BET, there's gonna be black people mad. <laughs> so there was all this controversy because Drake, I guess, had just had some weird injury. 
Okay. So he was sitting. In a, oh, that's when he hurt his leg on stage. He had learned his, hurt his leg, so he was sitting the whole performance. And Wayne was up, but then there were all these girls around them, but they were not like 18. Oh. They were like 12, 13, 14. Oh, and it was, like, it was really weird, and they were singing, <laughs> I want to fuck every girl in the world. Nasty. And I'm like, what's happening? Oh. And of course, that was controversial. Yes. That's the first time I ever heard of Drake. <laughs> and... I didn't even see the performance, so I still hadn't heard him rap at all. I just saw what he looked like. (laughs) And Jamie Foxx, I remember pointing out and being like, Drake, a lot of pressure. (laughs) So much hype, so much buzz, don't even have an album out yet. Yeah. And and it got a huge laugh. And Drake's like, I'm Canadian the entire time. (laughs) All right, let me ask you one last last question. Uh, Yeah, okay, here you go. Uh, You can ask him... (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I'll read this. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. I'll just read this whole thing, and then you can tell me some thoughts. You could ask him how his music changed, or if it did, when he moved from Chicago to L.A. Why did he move? Ask him if he feels like there's been a hip-hop renaissance with the L.A. community, artists like Blue and Exile. Uh, Tyron? Tyron, yeah. Yeah, Tyron. I don't know Tyron. Ayomari? Uh, really Murs? Mm-hmm. Yep. Knowledge? Knowledge is from... etc. How do you spell knowledge? Because there's two knowledges. Which... Uh-oh. Which knowledge? Okay, there's there's an N-A-L-E-D-G-E. Oh, that knowledge. I know okay, that knowledge. One. That's yeah. knowledge. He's from New York, isn't he? He's from Chicago. But he is in New York. I think he, he, he puts out records in New York. I think he lives in Arizona somewhere. Because the first time I heard of him was on uh, Mickey Fax. You know Mickey Fax is a, a New York? It. There's a song that is Mickey Fax knowledge. I'll play it for you. No, this is K-N-X. K-N-X. Okay, now he, okay, he's a beat maker, but I'm not that familiar with his work. Okay. These are the people who come to mind. Okay. Is there's a hip-hop renaissance within the L.A. community. Those are the artists that he names. Uh, to me, it seems like uh, there's been one in the last six to ten years, a hip-hop renaissance, he says. You could talk, you could talk, have him compare and contrast what it's been being an indie artist as opposed to being one who's mainstream. Does it even matter since nobody's really buying music anymore? So some stuff that we've already covered. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, when you were telling me about the, what you were just telling me about backpack and art rap and all yeah, that yeah, stuff, sure. uh, I was thinking of, Public Enemy mm-hmm. and NWA. Okay, two sides, same coin. Well, because of it seemed to me that late eighties, mm-hmm. especially the East Coast rap, with the exception of um, oh my god, I don't know. See, this is what's happening. No I'm just thinking. I'm thinking of Public Enemy. I'm thinking of that. There was this 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 high minded East Coast rap. That seemed to be what was happening. Okay. Right? Okay. Then NWA came out of seemingly nowhere uh-huh. and changed the entire thing. Right. And that was like, there was, it was the cool to be the knowledgeable social commentary. I'm conscious. I read. I know shit. Mm-hmm. Then it was NWA. Okay. Which I've always thought that the beginning of, as Tupac once said, um, I am not creating this shit. I'm just reporting it. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of NWA was this, we are journalists. That's what, it always came off as that. It was like, this is what's happening, right? Then there was a tinge of, but it, it's who we are as well. Right. This is our identity, mm-hmm. that we're celebrating it in a sort of a way, even though we're f- terrified of it. Then that became the standard. Gangster rap. We got to get these gangsters out there. True. Find more gangsters. <laughs> find more gangsters. And it kind of pushed down this, this 80s version. I remember, you know what I was listening to the other day? Beach Street? Yeah. I still, I remember looking up the lyrics to that for some reason. And it's just Grandmaster Flash kill 
kills. He's 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 a he's a destroyer. He like, kills. I, and I was reading. I'm like, this is still good. It's awesome. This is good to, by today's standard. If someone was talking about this right now, I'd be he's like, awesome. this is incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like people from that era, like Public Enemy, uh, Tribe, you had Brand uh, Nubian. You had uh, Brand Nubian. Yeah. Um, um, De La Soul. De La Soul, of course. That's that's honestly the native tongues. Yeah, Native Dallas, Tongues, Old yeah. Tribe, Jungle Brother, that's like my biggest influence. Yeah, so, I can feel like it. Like the earlier question he was asking, am I more, I would have been more at home then because I would, like, I, and I say this all the time, but I, my entire career is kind of just an audition for them. I'm just tap dancing for the Native Tongues. <laughs> the entire Just waiting for that, that, that phone call from Q-Tip. Man, <laughs> would I jump through the ceiling? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> I mean, you know, so that, so that's a huge influence on me. Now the thing that I, I think, guess I was thinking that sure. I see some sort of parallels yeah. between the kind of that scene kind uh-huh. of all of a sudden being under this mainstream. Well, cause see, this is okay. Part of it is this in that even public enemies, biggest songs and even public enemies philosophy was that there, they were going to come with the knowledge, but they were going to make you dance. You okay. I mean, and even NWA, they were gangster, but most sound of, of the shit, funky rhythm. Yeah. You know, in most, most sound of the funky drummer. Most, okay. Yeah. M- most of uh, NWA is, Hit songs from the era too, up tempo like that's really if you take every all the words away from rap, everything that's a hit is kind of that up tempo kind of dance vibe. Just about, I mean, you got slower shit that, that's you know, but hip hop is sold in clubs, it's sold in a party experience. So like mm-hmm. that's that that the real currency has always been that up tempo that dance beat. That's why trap is huge right now. Right, it's that dance beat that always dunk, comes yeah. back. Like that's there's some that's I it. have I have some guilty pleasures for. Some I mean, of, you know, we all do. But um, some of the pill, you know, pill. <laughs> I know I've heard some pills. And I, I haven't heard a bunch, but I it's, heard some. Uh, it's hot. Yeah, he's, he's dope. <laughs> okay. He's dope. Yeah. he was supposed to be. You know, I was, I was hoping that he would still be with MMG because I don't. Other than Ross and I mean, I really like the rest of them. Other than, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I think when you took away when you when you got away from the high mindedness. And you kind of got into some lyrics that were more along the lines of what people were actually doing at parties. They weren't actually reading. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're smoking weed and dancing and thinking about fucking. And so, so they're like, like, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is this is perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? This so, totally like, describes the situation. And, and hey, think, bitch, listen to the end of this song. Well, right. I wish that to happen to me tonight. And, 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 and I think, you know, as we've progressed... We started from this ideal situation, and what we get is closer and closer to what's actually happening in the room. Mm. And more often than not, it's that shit. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that's always going to have like a certain kind of relevance. It's you know, that's different than, and and that's the thing with me, and and the, what makes my road harder is because I understand that, and so I don't try to tailor what I do to a dance beat because I don't even go to them parties. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, there's no point in me trying to broadcast what I do into that world. You know what I mean? So, like, I make headphone music. I make music people listen to in their cars and shit. I make music people listen to while they're fucking exercising sometimes, whatever the fuck, you know? Like, so that makes, that in itself makes my road harder because I'm walking, I'm I'm not going down the main avenue because the right. main avenue is the dance beat. You know what I mean? Right. You're like, there's too many people over there. I'm going to take these back well, streets. I just, you know, I, I just, I don't live like that. And so, to me, it's too much of a reach. Right. You know what I mean? Feel false. Right. Right, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. I don't think I'd get the best out of it. I think I get the best out of doing what I do and trying to speak to people who maybe aren't there too. Because I feel like there's a lot of people that ain't there, and and I feel like a lot of times they're put in position where they feel um, not spoken to, not spoken for, 
uh, relevant. And, you know, and it's tough because all of that means that they're sitting at home and not actively looking for shit because they feel like there's nothing there. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's all of that is the stupid part of what I do. <laughs> it's like trying to like, you know, will my way into reaching people who aren't looking for anything. Gotcha. You know, but that's, that's, I don't know. That's what I'm here for. It's just like, it's like, that's, it, I gotta be doing what I'm doing. And then what's happening and the more I do it is that different parts of the machine open themselves up to me and I'm able to get to more people. That's, that's, that's the only way it's been going. And unless I get rich, that's the only way it's probably going to go. Well, that's as good a place as any <laughs> to conclude this conversation. Well, what do you? So that's that's what I was going to ask. Like, mm-hmm. what do you? What do you? What's the next year? What are you trying to achieve? I mean, I got some shit happening, man. I just did that. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I did this. Uh, I did a. I co-authored a study with the National Institute of Health. Good. Yeah, this shit just came out like a week and a half ago. Uh, with with uh, scientific reports and shit. So it was on nature.com, NPR reported, Huffington Post, fucking wired, everything. Like, we did this shit where we, uh, we freestyled in, in MRI machines so they were able to see, like, what, what parts of the brain were active. You know what I mean? I, I, just, do I, I just, not know about this. <laughs> no, and it's crazy, too. I'm ashamed. It's crazy, too. But this, let, me, let me tell you why it's particularly of interest to you is because the whole thing started with them studying jazz musicians that were improv in MRI. And then moving on to rappers in the MRI, I think the next plausible thing to do would be like linguistic or comedy MRI. You Ooh. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and they're really they're really studying it, and and the results they're getting are kind of fucking crazy. And yeah, it's 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 pretty big. I just fucking did an interview with NBC today. Like that shit is it's going places. You know what I mean? I'm I mean that's so that's one thing. Uh, I went I went to Africa this year and recorded a project. Shit. Yeah, with this guy Ross G, who's a beat maker from out here. He's down with like the Brain Feeder camp, and that's coming out next month. And we're hoping that that gets some of that same type of uh, news buzz. Right, right. Um, I've I've been uh, shooting a documentary with people from G Four TV. They're, Very nice. They're studying. They're not studying. They're fo- They're they're uh, the, the documentary is called Freestyle One on One. It's a it's a whole documentary about like freestyling and the rappers that do it and interviews and they like follow me around and went to one of my shows and you know so that that'll be out you know so like just different ways to to and freestyling is all faucet. <laughs> it's all it's all faucet exactly. It's all faucet. You know what I mean? And and so that's that's the thing with me is just finding different ways for me to get out there and just bring it all back. To the music, bring it all home. You know what I mean, and I can stay touring and stay putting out stuff, and you know, just keep it keep it pushing that way. Well, thank you, Mike Eagle. Thank you for being so open. Oh, he <laughs> was waiting for that one, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm going to keep it short on this end. That was Mike Eagle, and that was a conversation with Mike Eagle. Um, that was a Mike Eagle conversation, a Mike Eagle conversation, a Converg Eagle, a Mike Asation, Mike Ver Eagle Sation, Conver, Converse, Converse, Inverse, Reverse, Diverse. That was Diverse. Right, Rivers? Rice. A hearse full of rice. A rice hearse. Hearse rehearsal. Rehearsal, rehearsal, versal, herbal.
Herbal Verbal, Herbal Stephen Urkel, Urkel, Stephen Urkel, what the hell? Hey, Ma Bell, William Tell? Wow. Um, what you just heard was the sound of disappointment in oneself, and, and that one is me. Anyway, guys, uh, I uh, want to say go to allthingscomedy.com and support all of the other podcasts. Here's a couple off the top of my head. Dork Forest, Tom Road Show, Jake This with Jake Johansson, Minivan Men, Walking the Room, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, The Bone Zone. Did I say Dork Forest? I think I did. Your Mom's House, other podcasts, Flop House, The Flop House, Your Mom's House and The Flop House. And uh, <laughs> the long shot. I think I named almost all of them. Harland Highway. Boom. All right, guys. Um, I'm going to go um, watch Bruno on mute. Bye. Fuck that TV. I don't play cards. My nigga don't play me. But a boy is. And a bag of chips. Crunch the chips up. Put the egg in, then I shook. Don't know how to play chess. I don't read. Bucks. I don't go to wreck. I grab you by your neck. But in my mental, I hear them instruments. So I'm in the bump, right with that little white pencil. And I ain't got no answers. So motherfucker, recommend. Y'all know the answer, so all the free thinkers can throw your hands up. Ain't no coincidence, this shit isn't random. I'm blaming everything on Cobra Commander. Know the answer, so all the free thinkers can throw your hands up. Ain't no coincidence, this shit isn't random. I'm blaming everything on Cobra Commander. Go ahead, make me the scapegoat.